Hello and welcome to Show Love. I'm Bronwyn Murphy. Right now is a time where reaching out to other people is very important and learning to switch off, which can be hard, is much needed. Both things I talked to my next guest about. Now, of course, this was recorded before we went into lockdown and the wonderful comedian Tom Allen has recently been locked in with his mum, dad and for company, his balloon friend, Linda. Check it out on his social media. So I am joined by Tom Allen, the talent that is. Oh, um, do you know you're uh, on your? I, I always uh, talk about a Wikipedia page because you can always tell a lot by somebody mm-hmm. on theirs, and it, it describes you as a comedian, an actor, a TV presenter, My a writer. Goodness. I mean, I think that's a bit bold, isn't it? But sure, I'll take it. Take, fucking take it. You, yeah. You've uh, worked hard for that I'll... since since a young age. Well, yes, I suppose in a way. Although I should point out, once on Wikipedia, it did say I was dead. What? So you can't no, it didn't. Which I don't think I am. See, I shouldn't take these Wikipedia pages. Is what do you? Who? How does that happen? I don't know because I think anybody can add anything, can't they? People's put ridiculous things. Oh, really? Have you ever looked at your Wikipedia page? Um, no, I try not to search my own name. Uh, have you never done that? Oh, I do. Yeah. But yeah. I try, it's never a good it's never a good rabbit hole to go and down. That, well, is it? I don't think that anyone hates you though. That's the thing. So I think if you look to yourself on social media, well, it's that you you know you've you're very popular. Am I? I don't know. Well, that's nice of you to say. I just hope I do a good job. That's all you can do. Just try and do <laughs> At a good all job. of those multi-talented things. Yes. Which would you say you are uh, most of? Oh, in those? I suppose I would say comedian, and I like being a comedian because. Um, it allows you to be different things. And I think um, stand-up has been very good to me at, uh, at lots of points. Um, but I like the fact that stand-up kind of allows you to veer. And, you know, you are naturally a writer if you're a stand-up, yeah. aren't you? And, and you are kind of an actor because yeah. you're acting things out and you're emoting like an actor might. I mean, I don't know if that's too grand of me to say, but I, I like stand-up because it feels like it brings together lots of different things. And I think it's quite an honest form because it's sort of but you do, you trained to be an actor first right and you well, you've done I movies I did well I didn't really train I went to the national I was involved with the national youth theatre yeah and that sort of and I auditioned for like drama schools and they were like um no <laughs> um because I think basically when an 18 year old with slick back hair who does a Noel Coward a, a speech from a Noel Coward play followed by um an excerpt from uh, an Alan Bennett monologue walks in they're like <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to market you. Isn't that you. what everyone wants, though? That's Maybe like now they what do. what everyone sees as an actor. That's what I did drama at, at uni. Oh, and I wanted to be like that, but I was just some dumbass blonde going, hey, look at me. But I think there's a lot of um, the whole acting thing. I think there's a lot of uh, bullshit. Can we say bullshit? Uh-huh. Around the, Especially in, the, in Amdram. Well, maybe, maybe too. Well, I think there's a lot of... Um, I'm not bullshit. There's a lot of excluding of people, and I think mm. that's really unfair because it's just storytelling, and everyone's allowed to tell stories. Mm. And actually, like there are great films where the acting isn't that great, and it's kind of, it's I don't know. It's nice to see nice actors, but sometimes I think some of those institutions are a bit yeah. snooty and a bit, which is awful, really, snooty. because anyone should be able to be an actor because everybody has got a story, or you need to be able to promote whatever person there is. Well, you think so, right? Yeah. Um, but I think no. I I sound like I'm being very. Um, I sound like I'm, I'm sort of being regretful or whatever, or angry about it. I think they basically, they want largely either 
very good looking people mm. or very talented people and I was mm. neither <laughs> <laughs> you bitter bastard I know but you are very talented I was weird and I think they probably were like I don't know what we'll be able to but do with but don't it. you think you kind of find your place and, be- and, and many and many things that. that fail yes put, put you onto the yes, road yes I feel so you then became a comedian but how did how did you go from I want to be an actor to then getting up on stage and being funny well it was um I always liked the funny things. Anyway, I didn't really care. Like when people would be like, who's your character? How are you going to create your character? I just didn't really care. Um, I just thought, well, how do you make something funny? Or sort of connecting with people. And um, and I think there wasn't really an outlet at that point. Stand-up did exist, of course, but it was still quite blokey. Sort of older bloke mm. blokes doing it. Like, um, um, what's the name? Uh... Bernard Manning is that Bernard Manning was that around sort of, yeah that sort of guy very yeah? sort of you know and quite kind Jim of Jim Davidson Jim Davidson was kind of the main one on the television yeah yeah um, and I remember when I worked as a waiter uh, there was coming in to do a, often a chat was Mike Reed oh. I thought I could never be like him And that, but those were the com- those were comedians yeah. and but I love Victoria Wood but I didn't really know how you went about sort of emulating her mm. career and um, I didn't know how you would I, I really loved her and I loved the fact that she would write plays and, and films and sketches and stand-up and songs and, and a bit of everything. And I kind of thought, well, that's brilliant that you're allowed to do that because I think so much of the world is like, no, what are you? You do your one thing and get good at that and you're not allowed to do anything else. Oh, you think you're going to do that, are you? Well, I don't know about that. Yeah. And you realise that's very shaming. And actually, someone like Victoria Wood and there are other people who have done similar things. Noel Coward, I really liked. Um, <laughs> uh Alan Bennett even, um, they are people who do lots of things and they aren't afraid of it. And I think they sort of, or did do, I should say, but um, that sort of weren't hampered by their own, I don't know, insecurities or the insecurities projected mm. upon them, I suppose. So when you first started, I read that you didn't really talk about, you were sort of talking about your experiences, but you hadn't sort of come out at that point. I hadn't come out until I was, I didn't come out until I was 21. But so I started what were you talking about? When you started your um, comedy, what were you talking about? I was talking about like being. I was always different. Yeah. I was always a weirdo, really. Yeah, I was talking about being a weirdo. Yeah, basically, I always knew. In what well, way were you a weirdo? Well, I always knew I was outside. And I always knew that I had this posh voice, which doesn't really like my parents have normal voices, but they're Londoners. Mm. Um, and I always had this posh voice, and I don't know why. People goes like, "Well, why do you speak like that?" I'm like, "I don't know." But it's always been this kind of sense of like explaining that, and I don't know why. It's fascinating. Though, since that, I was a small child, it's such a part of you do and. You think? Yeah, and it never, like, because obviously I, now I see you a lot. I mean, we were supposed to do this last night. We yes. got too pissed. We didn't, we... and now we're doing it today. And now, and now we're doing it now in I, the... I know, the... And, and even, like, out of work or uh, hanging out with you, you still are this well-bred posh boy. But, I mean... Wow. It sounds like that. I mean, it's all it's all a front, really. It's um, not, though, because you don't let so, that go, because it's no. you. Well, I, I think I... um. I well, I don't. Yeah, I suppose I am. I try to be true to myself, uh, and I think again, going back to stand up, I think what's nice about stand up is that it allows you to embrace your insecurities. So every other walk of life, well, not every, lots of other walks of life, you're trained to hide your insecurities, hide your failings, put on this kind of shiny armor. But I think in stand up, and I, I think maybe it's a very, it, it's it's a very specific type of stand up where you're allowed to go, oh. I fell over on the way to work today and um, aren't I an idiot? And people go, great! Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you do that if you're a lawyer or a solicitor, um, people go, oh, you don't seem to be like, you don't seem yeah, to be very together, I don't trust you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you can just 
be an idiot and, yeah. and people can laugh at you. Not that you see your your comedy doesn't come across like that to me. Like you, you your comedy is very clever. You're very good with words. Oh, the other funny thing about you, I'm jumping a bit all over the show, funny. but is that when you do your comedy, you're I mean you you are like this all the time, but then then you'll do something very cutting, very good at a cutting. Um, but you're the nicest person. I'm sure that when you do that, do you go off and go? Oh, do you think I hurt their feelings? Like, I do do that. Yeah. Because um, you're very good with words and you can you can do a put-down quite well. Well, I suppose so. Um, I, quite, I don't... I mean, I think for me, what I like to do when I'm being a bit mean is kind of trying to send up all the meanness in the world. Like, there's so much... You know, you look at the tabloid press or you look at those horrible people who go on trolling people online. Um, and we talk about that as so that's a new thing. I think that's always existed. Mm. There's always been horrible people, unfortunately. Um... And I think what I try and channel is sort of a spoof version of them sort of being mean to people. And I do it in a context where we can laugh about it. And mm-hmm. the person I deliver it to is encouraged to laugh. And I hope they know always that I am laughing about yeah, it. Really. Yeah. I'm doing it in a way that's supposed to be And you a do bit it, it's quite deadpan as well. It's so, it's so talented. Well, that's nice of you to say. I suppose people, yes, it's, I mean, I, I just sort of quite enjoy that. Like I said, that playing with, playing with status and mm. stuff. And if people know you're just having a laugh. It's a really nice way of, I, I think, like a lot of humour you basically, we, it's play, isn't it? Mm. And you go, are we, are we okay to have this? Are we okay to do mm. this, this this kind of silliness? And I think if someone, you know, if someone kind of is open to that as well, it's a lovely connection then. And you go, oh, yes, we're just, actually we're just human beings. And all that horribleness and all the meanness in the world is outside. And when that's not us, we're yeah. connected. So you grew up feeling like a weirdo and thought, I'm going to, as your armour, sort of make a joke of it. Or... I think so, yeah. I always knew I was different. And I always lay at the feet of being gay and stuff, but I don't know if that's entirely it, really. I think I'm probably just a bit weird. I always you're of, not weird. But no, like different, <laughs> different, weird. always yeah. different. Yeah. Different to the other kids at school. Like, I didn't really have friends. Particularly at primary school, I didn't have friends, really. Um, not until I got a bit older. Didn't like primary school. Did because like... at primary school, your friends are lads that are playing football, right? And then that's what the boys yes, do. I, think, and... I didn't know quite where I fitted, mm. and it's all very kind of, like, it's quite simplistic. And I never felt like I... Want, I never felt like I fit in really or wanted to play with them either and I never want like, like just go and play a game like, I don't want to play I want to play on my terms on, when yeah. you tell me it's playtime yeah because you grew um, up in the late 80s right yes, no, late 80s, 80s early yeah, 90s yeah. I was at primary school yeah yeah. Um, and I suppose I just sort of learned that being funny was a way to be myself I suppose and to gain acceptance that kind yeah, of classic thing yeah. but secondary school um, it was a very ordinary, comprehensive school. Um, in Chislehurst, yes, yeah. brawny, very good. Kent boy, yeah. yeah. What? And now you're in Bromley. Bromley, so yeah. Bromley, uh, and they talk like that <laughs> sometimes. But there was you with your posh, posh boys. boys being different, weird. And I think I had a realization where I went. Um, you can either be, you can either be very in your own. You can either sort of hide any differences you have or any kind of insecurities you have. Or you can embrace them and run with them and actually add extra ones and yeah. weird ones. And so I sort of did that, really. And actually, I found I was much more accepted for being like that than I was. For yeah, because you're being yourself. Yeah, yeah. So you had the posh voice and you hadn't come mm. out. But when did the fashion happen? Oh, well, I always loved suits. I was always obsessed with suits. And my parents were always like, oh, can't you just wear something normal? <laughs> I, like, I remember going to a wedding once and they just like wanted me and my brother to wear the same things. And then we were walking around Woolworths and in the Ladybird collection they had a blazer that was in my size. And I begged my mum to have that and so she bought it for me. How old were you? About 
seven. Right. And so I got to wear a blazer like a grown-up. And, I and think that you were really chuffed with that, were you? Delighted over the moon. Amazing. And always was always loved wearing suits. Didn't want to wear... Like, growing up, you know, people wore, like, a Ralph shirt and untucked. Still do, still do. Ralph right? shirt, Ralph shirt, untucked over a pair My of Levi's. My sons wear that. Do they? Is that come back? Yeah, and I can't afford it. Well, that was the thing, yeah, and kickers, that was always the shoes. Yes. Um, and I, yeah, my mum and dad went, and they were like, what, we're not going to pay that for a shirt? And, like, all the other kids, of course, had, like, you know, had that stuff. Or they had the knockoffs well, from the market. Their were, like, neon and really dodgy shit. Oh, yeah, well, I don't, yeah, so I was a bit after that. Yeah. Um, of course, you yeah, that was, was mine. Like, no, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that. But, oh, hypercolour, hypercolour t-shirts, yeah. et cetera. Oh, yeah, I remember mm-hmm. them, yeah, yeah. Um, how lovely clothing, which also describes your body temperature. So who did you see? Did you see anybody that used to wear suits and thought, oh, God, they look great? I think probably, I mean, my dad would always wear a suit to work. And I suppose you look up to your dad, don't you? Mm. Can't help uh, but want to be like him. And then I think I... I just always like... I like people wearing suits. I like people wearing... I like sort of understanding how different bits of fashion came together. In terms of men's... I don't know why it's men's tailoring. Mm. But I always liked that sort of structure. Yeah. Um, And so... And then even as a... Even in my 20s, I still felt a sort of shame. Like, because as a teenager, I'd be like, like, why would you wear a suit? Why are you all dressed like that? Um... And like when I was in the sixth form, you could choose your own clothes. Obviously, I went far too much the did, other way. Did we you? wear like bow ties. Did you? Yeah, and yeah, and, th- and because the I time got, hasn't ended. I mean, and then, I and haven't then seen so, you in a bow tie. Well, then people will be like, and people will be like, oh, and then some people like, oh, I mean, you're gonna dress like that, are you? Like they'll be like, it wasn't like accepting like, oh, this person's dressed like that. This person's dressed like that. How lovely we're all in the world. It was like there was still a sense of like, oh, you're a bit different, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Like subtly. And so I think I then buried it a bit when I started doing stand-up. I just wore a suit, plain suit, mm. plain shirt. And then... Um, With slick back hair, did you say? No, I'd lost my hair, I think. Okay. Um, I was How old are we talking now? 21. So you so you won awards like, at 22 or something, right? Yeah, 21, 22, yeah. yeah so I, I, did have, did, I was brushing it forward by that point. So where, when did you start? Stand-up? Yeah. Uh, 21, I think. So like literally a year later, you were winning Best Comedian Awards in Edinburgh and stuff? Yes, that's um, awesome. It was nice, but That's, I mean, people would like to stand up for years. Well, they were newcomer awards, but well, they were even um, so. It's... They were. It was. They were. It was nice. It was very nice to have that validation. And I suppose what they liked about it was that I was someone different and was an established sort of seemingly an established persona. But in truth, it was actually quite. Um, I don't know if it made it any easier in a way because it then meant I turn up at gigs and people were like well you won all these awards come on then oh yeah and yeah. then of course I was rubbish because I'd only been going a year no you were and um because well, you did the Palladium last well, that year was, well, that was amazing I, got, I mean I think it's Frank Skinner who says it takes you do it for 10 years and then you start getting good so I suppose that's what happened with me really and um so how long how long have you been, been doing it now uh 15 years right I think so, you're five years into the good craft now. That's great. In theory, but then you still feel like, oh god, oh, what no, am I but doing? that's it. Of course, I mean that that'll probably never go away. You hear comedians that have been doing it for years and years and years. Yeah, that like um, I can't remember what comedian it is, but apparently they're they're sick before they go oh, on. Yeah, some people are like that. I have yeah, to sort like, of like distract myself, so I'm like, what? There's a gig. I don't care. I don't know. There's a gig on. What? Oh, maybe I'll walk out. Maybe you know. Yeah, a couple um, of sambukas gone. <laughs> No, that was last night. That was last night. I had one Sambuca. (laughs) Other people were having lots of Sambuca. I had one. And then I went to bed earlier than everybody else. Yeah, I did. I could hear everybody talking in my room. Not Um, everyone talking in my room. From my room, I could hear people talking. Yeah, yeah. So um, you did Edinburgh. I I mean, um, I've heard comedians that have done Edinburgh for like 10 years. I did 10 years. And 
but they but they don't even get an audience. Like you were. Yeah, well, well, I did it. Yeah, I, I did it for six years. Then I had a break, and then I came back, and I felt a lot more competent, a lot more like I knew myself. But you go through. I think with like when you're learning anything, you go through waves. I mm, think, mm. and sometimes you think like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm great. And then other days, like, I do not know what I'm doing. This is stupid. I am stupid. So was there a time when you went on stage and, and it was so brilliant? And you were like, I actually think I'm fucking quite good at this now. There would be like one of those, yeah. and then there would be another one that was terrible, All and right. you'd go. Oh, God, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you're constantly in this set. And that was for sort of 10 years before. And as well, this sort of shame thing, which I think is so powerful, so pernicious, um, made me go not want to reach out to other people about that. So I never talked to other people in Edinburgh, for example, about that, because I just assumed everybody was having a great time. Yeah. So everybody like puts on their poster, I... Um. Yeah. But that was a real learning experience for me. And... So then what did... Did you talk to anyone? Do you, do you talk to anyone? So then, and then as I got older, I got... There was in sort of... There were more people coming into it. Um, so a lot of people I started out with, like, <laughs> I did win those awards, but then they became much more successful. Yeah. So I didn't really see them very much. And then um, and then there was a So new... who did you start out with? Then? So I started out in those competitions, people like Sarah Millican mm-hmm. and Kevin Bridges. Sarah Millican, you supported. Who I supported so years ago. And Sarah's Australia been such a good friend to me. Australia New Zealand? Uh, I did Australia and New Zealand with her, and I did around the UK. She's been an amazing friend Amazing. Um, so generous. But, um, but yeah, it was kind of... Um, Michael McIntyre is why you've supported. Um, I've done a few support gigs for Michael McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. A few, yeah, a few people. I mean, it's a good learning curve doing support. I mean, Sarah's crowd—they were really lovely, mm. especially because they kind of. But you have to go out and sort of go. Well, she'd do it in a very nice way. She would go out and say, "Welcome to my show. I've got a support act I'm going to bring on now. Um, I hope you enjoy them." And then they'd come out, and Ollie's waving at us through them. Um, <laughs> and then go away, Ollie. And then. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, and and then she'd bring me on, and then I'd do my bit. But you have to sort of have that sense of mind, like they're not here to see me, so they might hate me. Mm. But you just have to. You learn to um, look. You learn to look like, and therefore have a good time on stage. So is it better when you come out and they're there to see you? So like at the Palladium, for instance, it's much more straightforward. I yeah, think. it's a much yeah. more straightforward transaction. So you think they they like my stuff, so this is going to be. But if you're me, and I think most other comedians, although I don't know, but. I, well, for me, I, I know that I still go, yeah, but what if they made a mistake? Or they've gone, well, we're going to see what he's like live. I don't know. <laughs> and um, and so you still carry with you those early gigs when you walked out and people were like, what? What are you talking about? What's this? What's that? And when I started out, of course, I didn't know myself as a person. Hmm. So, you know, you walk out on stage and people are, and you're like, I'm not sure about myself as a person. And sometimes the public can be a little bit like, they don't know what they are as a person. I feel insecure about that. Wait, oh, really? and, they can, and I think they mirror your insecurity yeah. and they don't like it and then that's when they can seem quite hostile but now it but does seem that you that. know who you are as a person yeah so then you've the definitely got a style well I've got some outfits. I mean I, it, it's amazing <laughs> you're, you you shout and you put down and then you're like really sweet and you talk about a lot of observational things like living with your parents for yes, instance. so yes. you talk about that a lot yes um, what's that like uh, what sort of talking about I'm my... talking about living with your parents like if well again I suppose it's one of those things I should be ashamed of yeah. but stand up has taught me to <laughs> anyone that hasn't seen your show that I say oh you know, Tom you know lives with oh, yeah. his parents they, they're like he does what do you mean lives with his parents like so on, this is show's like on a... um, four at the moment I think <laughs> yeah. you can still watch yeah it you can watch it um, why do you still live with your parents well I did move out and I lived away around London for about 10 years. I never went to university, as I say. Um, and then I was going through a real kind of 
it was kind of a crisis point of like, I don't know if I can do this anymore, this job, I don't know if it's working out. And um, I decided I was going to move back to my parents, focus on my work and and save money to try and sort of give myself some money to have a deposit for to try and buy a place or sort of get myself together for that. And so that's what I did when I was about 30. And I get on well with my parents and they are different to me than that. And then I sort of realised, well, actually, again, if I was a solicitor, it would be ungainly to talk to live at mm. home with your parents. Mm. But I sort of thought, well, I'll just talk about it. And it gives and, you loads of uh, material. Well, it seems to, yeah. Um, I think you quite like it. Though, and I, I do like yeah. it, yeah. I like the familial security of mm. it, actually, as well. Because you spend a lot of time in hotels, like touring oh, yeah. around the country. And... and as a stand-up, you, particularly when you're d- doing gigs, you travel on your own, mm. you go to a hotel on your own, you go to a gig on your own, you stand on stage on your own. Mm. It's very easy to have a very lonely experience, I've found. And I have flatmates who beforehand who had normal jobs so I'd leave before they got home and I'd get back when they were in bed and yeah. I'd get up after they'd gone out to work again so I would it'd be difficult to see people and again I'm not very good at reaching out mm. um, and sort of even having friends I'm not very good at going oh they're my friend I can talk to them or oh, they're my friend I can you know like some people are like why, oh, why just, is that I don't know I don't know I must have just felt like I think it goes back to primary school probably. and where you had to kind of protect yourself so you yes, felt like I've really, got to deal with this when everybody fit in I think because I was with the other kids didn't like me mm. so I think that you carry that with you don't you and you're if you just... reach out you're showing weakness yes you it's such a vulnerability like, isn't yeah, it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, have but... you ever reached out to anyone what as a friend yeah oh yeah like now I have lovely friends I'm very lucky Susie another comedian Susie is, one is of your a very good friend of mine she's been brilliant who probably understands it yes Susie was one of the people who in the in that sort of time when I took a break from Edinburgh and then moved back to my parents, she was one of the people who was like, oh, like, I don't know, sort of really represented to me that period of, there are nice people out there, there are people to relate to out there, mm. people to get you. And that was, um, we lived together in Edinburgh. And, um, you know, she's been very, and we, we did a tour together where we did one half each and, you know, we have a podcast together ourselves. So, um, but that's, you know, those nice, and, and Susie's really good at going like, no, it's okay. Like, and she's more like, speak to these people, have friends, people are nice. Yeah. Like, no, no, people are that's terrible. Lovely. No, no one's... A, but it's funny because we were talking about, I think probably being famous, you've probably found out now that uh, everyone wants to talk to you, everyone wants a piece of you. And at some point, like, when you shut that hotel door or you're at the door of your bedroom at your mum and dad's house or whatever, mm-hmm. it's nice to switch off and not talk to anyone. And I was saying that, in my job I have to talk to everyone all the time and keep everyone happy and blah 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 so when I go on holiday oh, yes. I don't want to talk to fucking anybody, anybody. No, like, I like a quiet holiday. and Bob and Linda who come over and go hi are you from Kent like <laughs> do you want to go to dinner I let this my worst fear oh yeah and that you were saying the same that when you go away just I like to be quiet I mean I don't if people say hello I'm always very flattered but um I do like that I suppose there's probably a word for it is it mindfulness I don't know yeah but you know where you just it's I mean where I just like sitting on a beach mm. and doing nothing and the options are you can go into the sea you can fall asleep again or you can read a bit more of your book yeah and there's nothing and I don't take my phone with me to the yeah. beach and just that is really healing for me and if mm. I go with like a good friend um or my mum um just to like to talk about stuff yeah. it's just nice you know just like talk idly about things and then and then not, you need to switch off yeah. Not many people switch off enough. It's so hard to switch off. It isn't is it? so hard to switch off, but you have to do something to switch off, like go for a walk or, oh. you know, like you say, turn your phone off or go out with friends, get absolutely hammered with all your mates, yeah. <laughs> whatever. whatever. Whatever it is, it is yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's, and that's the thing, isn't it? Like we do, I think as a society, we are very boozy because mm. how else do you switch off mm. other than to 
Well, now nowadays, though, you talk to children yeah. and they're drinking less. Oh, that's true, and yeah. And going to the gym more or, guess, well, you know, doing things. Thing. It's very good. It's very good. They might be doing weed a little bit more. Than, I don't oh, know. do they? Yeah, that the thing now? yeah, that's the thing. So you go on holiday with your mum? Uh, yeah, sometimes. That's sometimes. Lovely. That is nice. You're very kind. Just you and your mum or is your dad yeah, come along? Dad doesn't want to come. He doesn't mm. like to go. I'd pay for him to come with us. But... Would you, why, why doesn't he want to come? He, he doesn't like to travel. He does like to travel when he gets, I don't know. I don't know. I do love the way you paint your parents. I know. I, it's I, adorable. I talked about them on Jonathan Ross about how, and it was true, I was doing a tour show in Cornwall and I booked a really nice hotel and my tour manager, oh yeah, he, I was going to go with some friends. They then, at the last minute, couldn't, they were going to drive me down there and we were going to still stay in a nice hotel while I was doing these shows. They couldn't do it, so I said to mum and dad, do you want to come? They, mum loved it. It was such a nice hotel. But dad, why? So much. What? I don't know. I think it's just a bit trendy. Yeah. You have the nicest room. Is he quite old fashioned? Yeah, he was born during the Blitz. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he's 78 years old. Bless him. But they, we've got rooms next to each other looking out over the beach and then the ocean beyond. See, what you like and what your dad likes are probably quite different. I, sp- I think as well, yeah, he likes things on his terms. Mm. So I don't think he likes it when it's like, hey, do whatever you like. Oh, really? Yeah. And what, what were their jobs when you were... Uh, Dad is a, was a coach driver, and Mum worked in the Army and Navy, um, the um, the shop, not the military <laughs> branches, um, the hats part of the House of Fraser. And so they, yeah, they have very... So did you go along with her and see the fashion? First floor fashions and the Army and Navy. Um, yeah. It was very, like Liz Claiborne, where Mum used to work, was very um, shoulder padded. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think you remember all that. No, no, not what shoulder pads. And stuff. Yeah, like, I do remember people having big coats. Yeah, big coats. Yeah. Big, big Anyone coats. that didn't grow up in the eighties, I think they've really. Everything's changed so much since the eighties with the internet and social yeah. media, fashion, everything. Yeah, I, I do feel, feel like, really feel like we had a good, a good time. Well, that's interesting. Life seems simpler then. I mean, that is the classic thing, mm. isn't it? That one always says. I suppose. I don't know. I suppose young people just like all of us, just sort of muddle through, don't they? Mm. Just as best they can, as we all do. But I suppose the internet, yeah, probably has changed a lot of things. Mm. I mean, I think, part of me thinks that, oh, when I felt like more connected to people who had the same interests as me as a teenager. Maybe, or, yeah. You know, and I would because you'd have to go to the library if you yeah. wanted to look up about a playwright or yeah. something. Um, whereas now you just go, oh, I'll just look them up now. Oh, yeah. I'll just download their... their and also gro- growing up and knowing that you were gay and maybe not knowing anyone else who was gay, there was probably no one to talk to. Like it, There was absolutely no one to talk yeah, to. Yeah, and now um, with the you know internet, you could possibly you know look up a group or something. Yeah, the, yeah, not. I think potentially, or, you know, like I think a lot of schools do a lot of positive work with... Their and that must have been quite hard. When did you, like you said, you came out quite late? Well, I think at school, when I was at school, it was Section 28, so teachers weren't allowed to talk about it. There was no... What, Section 28? Was, um, well... Um, it was a thing brought in by Thatcher, which said, which banned the promotion of homosexuality. Are you serious? So it meant that teachers could be sacked if they said, hey, if you're gay, it's fine. I've never heard of this. Oh, really? It was a big thing. Um, oh, that's horrendous. So I think that had a bearing on it. Yeah, I mean, um, God, I didn't even know that was a thing. That's gone now. Yeah. Obviously. That went in the late 90s. Right. But, and um, who got rid of that? Blair. Right, good. Um, and... Uh, so teachers couldn't talk about it. So you then yeah. felt like you couldn't. There was talk no, about it. there were no gay people in our street mm. social circle. Well, they were. They were hiding probably because probably, of yeah, probably. that prejudice. Yeah, yeah. probably. 
um, or they, um, yeah, so there was no, and there's not really many people on the television, really. Mm. And when you think about it, people like Julian Clary mm. was allowed to be on the television, then he said one thing that was too yeah. outrageous, and then he was like, not gone, yeah. And then, you know, so a lot of people, it wasn't even that outrageous, I don't I mean, think. by today's standards, I don't Norman think people Lamont. would be. I don't know how people would react to it. I'm yeah, sure there are other communities too. Oh my god! I'm sure Jimmy Carr said some worse stuff. <laughs> I mean, potentially. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, what what have you? That's horrendous that that happened to him. Yeah, it was he a, came back though. He did come back. He, yeah. I think he's doing fine. Yeah, but um, it was sort of like when you think about squeaky chair. Um, it was that was sort of all a bit negative. Right? Mm. Yeah, sorry. I'm so no. So then, so then, how did you come out? If you don't mind talking about that. No, I don't mind. Um, so what happened well I think I got to a point where starting to do stand up felt like I'd like l- sort of let uh, what is it uh, a pressure cooker off you know oh like, yeah yeah um, and I was starting to go like oh I can talk you about like, things Whoa. and express myself <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, at that point yeah it felt very like yeah let's talk about this I'll talk about that and it felt very engaging very stimulating and I was like why am I hiding things you know why am I hiding myself and I didn't come out in a big way. I just sort of just started talking about guys I liked. Yeah, With brilliant. my friends. So it's like, this is normal. But then I had to come out to my mum. Mm. And I came out to my mum and then... Um, was, that was okay, though, because you're close to your mum, right? Yeah, yeah, it was fine. I think it was still... Diff- it still felt weird. weird. Um, How did you say it? Well, I, just walking along the road. Mm. Um, and we went to see a Rufus Wainwright concert. Um, I took it to because I really like Rufus Wainwright. Mm. And then... I was like, oh, we'll walk down, maybe when we walk down from the tube down to the station to go back, I'll talk to them. It's like, well, why don't we get the tube this way? And then we can just get the tube all the way to the station. I was so like, you planned it? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, I just, I think we should get off here and walk a bit. And it's like, no, we'll just get off. No, that seems daft. And I was like, I'm not going to come out on a crowded central line tube. People would have been so angry as well. Like, they would have been so, like, staring. What year was this? 2005. Right. 2004, five. I love it when you Fine. do your mum's and dad's voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, but then mum said, mum said, oh, don't tell your dad. I wouldn't tell your dad. She said, I wouldn't tell your dad or something. Because he's a bit of a... But then, so I waited. And then when I did tell him, he was fine. Yeah. So it's sort of weird, but... Anyway. Yeah, and your brother. Did you tell your brother? Yeah. And he was... Bothered. Not bothered. Yeah. Oh, no. Whatever. Yeah, not really bothered. That's lovely. But, um... Some people have horrendous stories. Yeah, they do, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's really horrible. Yeah. I mean, like, hopefully we'll get to a point where it's fucking gives a shit. Yeah. Nobody needs to even come out. Well, I think that was one of the reasons I didn't come out for a long time, because I was like, it's my thing, why does everybody yeah. else need to know? Yeah. Because you just sort of Damn feel like right. it's emba- everything's embarrassing, isn't yeah. it? But um, then you sort of have to go through this mm. thing, and I think that's why you're always like, ah, oh, why does he have to keep talking about being gay all the time <laughs> on stage? Why is that the only thing he talks about on, on panel shows? It's like, well, it's not the only thing. And also it's like, well, because you made it such a big deal. Yeah, yeah. In the first place. I like cock. That's what I should have just said. Yeah, that's what I say. That's you know. <laughs> so we'll we'll uh, we'll go in a minute. Um, no, I didn't know. Uh, we're gonna do thingy at twenty five. We've got to do this thing we're doing. Oh, we do this thing we're doing. Um, I just want to go back to the uh, lonely thing, like when you're oh. on tour and you're back um, in the yeah. hotel room on your own. Oh yeah. You maybe turn the telly on and you're in bed and you know maybe make a cup of tea. I don't know. Open the bar. Um, um, you got your phone. Yeah. Sort of like. What, do you get lonely then? Yeah. Because um, you travel most places alone, don't you? Um, well, I have a tour manager now when I'm on tour, so mm. that's a bit nice. But TV shows, for instance, you yeah. will turn up where some people have like 15 people. You will be alone. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. yes. It is a bit like that. Um, 
Yeah, I, I quite like being on my own. Mm. Maybe I'm just a bit of a martyr, though. Mm. But I quite like my own company. I like, I think the thing is, it's a bit like you say about the woman coming up to you with the, on the sun lounger. Yeah. Um, I like being on my own. What, what do I like? But I like being around people, but I'm always scared if I'm around other people too much, I'll end up being sucked into their plans. Yeah. And being like, oh, I'm, why am I rushing around to do that thing? I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to do my thing. So I, th- I suppose what I like is being totally solitary and then... Being your own boss, then you can do your own boss, And then you dipping want. into the social thing. Yeah. My dream would be to live in a flat where I can hear the noise and bustle below, but I'm high enough above it that it doesn't bother me. Right. So we were talking about this earlier. You're also, another dream is that you have a balcony, right? Yes. So the balcony has that, you can hear the hustle and bustle. Yes. And you think you might want to see the sea? Yes, maybe, but that's not... Not sure? A view would be nice. Yeah, because you kind of want to be... This is why you haven't bought a place yet, right? And still live with mum and dad because it's easy. But you don't know whether you want to be in the country by the sea Mm. or you don't know if you want to be in the central city. Mm. Mm, It's tough. I know. Yeah. How long do you think it's going to take you to make this? It's been a while. We've been talking about this a while. It is. Since I've known you. (laughs) What, two, three years? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I'm very indecisive. You don't know what you're looking for. That's what it is. That's the, mm. that's the thing for but life. But I think I'm not, in life I'm very indecisive. I take ages over these massive life things. And yeah. I make decisions. And I'm like, see, it's fine. Yeah. I'm like, I know. What's yeah. that? So you're not a Libra, are you? No, Gemini. Oh, worst. I'm a Gemini. Oh, the worst too. I'm really good at making decisions. Like, I go. Oh, really? Yeah. If I make a decision straight away, yeah. I'll be fine. It's, I get talked out of it. And then people yeah. are like, there's been places I like, and then my mum and dad are like, you sure you like that one? Because it's got... Mm, mm. I'm like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So you like listening like, to oh. other people's opinions. Yeah, it was like, because it's like this big thing, isn't it, buying a place? Yeah. Yes, it is. Because it's your mm. first home. And because I spent all this time saving. Like, my, when I first got a job as a waiter in my dad's golf club, where it was £4 an hour, <laughs> and sometimes you get around about 5 to £6 pounds in tips. Um, so, do you do the math... <laughs> Uh, six hours of four pounds, twenty-four pounds, and then uh, so I get paid. So you've 30, now got like a hundred pounds. Thirty pounds a day. So <laughs> I managed to say, my dad was like, "Don't spend that money; you might need it." Oh, so I was really? working this shit job, yeah. which I hated, and then not ever enjoying spending the money because I was like, "Save it; you might need a car." Well, I've got enough money to buy a car. My dad even now will be like, "You don't need a car." Oh, that's a lot. You don't need a car, though, do you? You get I mean, driven like, everywhere, darling. Well, I get a lot of Ubers, <laughs> but um, yeah, a car's a waste of money if you don't really need. Yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine you in a Ferrari yet. No. Would it be a Ferrari? It wouldn't be a Ferrari. What would you go for? Of course. First car. No. (laughs) No. Never had any insurance before. Yeah. Uh, Ferrari, please. Yeah. Um, I would crash it straight away. I cannot park. You can't have a Ferrari and not be able to park. So you said it's a little while ago. Uh, This is in a private conversation, so you can hit me and I can take it out if you don't. You said you don't really want to go and move somewhere where you're rattling around on your own. Yes. So is it more that you're going to wait till you've found the one that you then might buy a little house? Oh, I love this because this is what I, this is my psyche is I go, I don't want to buy a place. You, you, potentially there's a bit of that, like, I don't want to buy a place because like, you know, I'm just going to buy it on my own. That's a bit lonely. Or, but I'm not going to meet somebody because I live at home with my mum and dad. You can't meet <laughs> someone and be like, oh, do you want to come back to mine? Which is my mum and dad's house. <laughs> um, so therefore you can never meet anyone. And then, so you never buy anywhere. Mm. So you never meet anyone. So you never yeah. buy anywhere. And soon you'll be like 66. You'd be like, yeah. shit. Yeah, no one will want to date me then. Mm. I mean, I'm irritating now. I'm not what I'm going to be like. Uh, um, and about what are you doing about trying to find a date? You, do, you don't Nothing. do the the, uh, Nothing. the old Tinders? No. Um, Is that because it's hard? Because you know that you're not sure if they'll be dating you? Because I've, Well, 
on the TV and shit. Well, that's flattering. You'd think that people would be bothered. I think I probably put people off. Um, And I think, I don't know, it's weird that online dating, I think I did, well, I know I did try it. Um, And I did meet some very nice people. But I think that, yeah, I did notice that people started to be like, are you, would be like, are you actually, it sounds very ground of me, but if they did recognise me, they'd say, are you really him? him? Which is, Nice, but at the same time, you sort of again, you feel like you're explaining yourself all the time. Yeah, yes, so, I am. I just want to get laid. <laughs> Come over. <laughs> I can't that's that. So, that's so out. not your style. Well, you'd be going um, to drink champagne in the Savoy first, n- right? N- I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know what I am. No, but, you're um, very. You, you've got this grandiose. That's not the word. It's a defence. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, because like you'd be quite happy to go and have a pint down in local, yeah. Well, and and just if anyone's listening, chunky and kind is this type. Chunky, chunky and kind. Chunky and kind. But I say that, but actually, somebody will come along who's not that. Much, yeah, right? any any hoes a girl, right? That doesn't apply to either like of us. Always saying it like it is. That's wrong. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Oh my god, I've really enjoyed it. I feel, so Scott, I think we've been going like it should be a forty-five minutes. What really? And then secretly I, tape your clients <laughs> for the purpose of podcast. It's just a nice little chat. It's a lovely. chat. Everyone's on. learned a little bit more about you. I'm sorry. I didn't really know what I was going to ask you. I had questions. Oh, I, talk, I didn't talk even forever, look. Don't I? Talk I forever. loved it. That's You're lovely. Well, you it's, are too. Thank you, Matt. We've got to crack on. Yeah, we've got to get back to work. Yeah, that's him doing my accent. No, it's not. That's him doing my accent. He does do that. <laughs> Love you lots. Love you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Thank you, Tom Allen. When Tom says, go away, Ollie, he's referring to the exec producer who popped into the room at the TV show we were working on. He doesn't mean it, they're thick as thieves. Tom also has a podcast called Like-Minded Friends with his mate Susie. Friends and family are what are most important. Look after yourselves and each other. That's it for now. Love you for listening. And don't forget to show love. Thank you to Ollie Trevis and Danny Wright for their great music and Alex McArdle for the edit. Please follow us at Show Love UK on social media and feel free to spread the love by telling your friends. Thank you. Procrastination, self-stimulation, instant gratification. I'm self-medicating, therapist recommending, more meditating, wasted education. I need more admiration. Stadium, my name carved in the pavement, and I.